Hello guys and girls, welcome back to another episode on the Becoming the Trader podcast. Very, very excited for this episode as we get closer and closer towards the end of the year. So joined with me today is our two coaches at Falcon, Jake Andrew and Neil Cartwright. So really, really looking forward to this episode because what we really want to do for those of you listening and those of you in the community is go over a three-part series that we believe that's going to help you get ready for 2020. And that comes in the form of three things, reflection, preparation, and accountability. So in episode one, today we're going to be talking about reflection, just tips on how we do things, processes, how we actually reflect for the year. I'm hoping that can provide value to you guys and girls so you can implement that into your own lives. So I'm really looking forward to this. Guys and girls, introducing Jake and Neil. Jake, Neil, how's it going? Going really well. Really excited for this one. And just the, the time of the year, this is obviously the, the perfect time to sit down and, and go through your goals and reflect on the year and really looking forward to getting into, into it. Yeah, really looking forward to putting this podcast together and just kind of like wrapping up this year as well. I think we've learned so much ourselves as traders over the past 12 months. I think we've got a lot of really important information to share here. 100%. Really, really looking forward to it. And, and even just reflecting right now on starting off with the markets, you know, how the markets have been reflecting on uh, what's actually happening in the markets right now. So we've had the, the, the votes and we've seen the volatility on the pound pairs. Uh, we've seen a lot of momentum over the last day, haven't we? Definitely. And it came obviously as no surprise. So what we're doing now is just taking a step back, waiting for some structures to develop and then obviously applying our edge. So for, for me, I'm not looking to rush into anything just yet. No, exactly. And this is something which we've covered many, many times before. It's knowing when, when not to trade, when not to be in the market. And I think now is a prime example of that, where you need to sit on your hands a little bit more and wait for the market to kind of show its hand about what, what we can do next. 100%. And, you know, and reflecting on the overall price action for the year, how would you say, how, how would you say the market's been for this year? I think the DXY sums up perfectly. It's just been corrective sideways. So, and obviously we know you can't correct forever. So that's why next year we've been talking about it for so long where 2020, everything's lining up, some structures lining up for very big long-term plays. So I'm looking forward to it. But going back to Wednesday, other market, as Neil said, it's, it's interesting how when big announcements come out like Brexit, uh, elections, we know, when to, we know when to stay up. But when we get corrective nature, I think people are still struggling to know when to stay out. So that's a key lesson for someone that is kind of still that break-even mark that isn't breaking through, isn't breaking through to consistency yet is, okay, well, I know when the market is messy, i.e. Brexit, Brexit's happened or elections, but if it's corrective, it's still messy. So don't be forcing trades. Yeah, it comes back to knowing when, when to put your foot on the gas and when to take it off. And we know that the market is, it's never the same week in, week out. And you have to go back through your own, your own ASR, your own journal, and look at where you're taking your wins and when you're taking your losses. And if you spot a recurring pattern in that you seem to be taking more of your losses in the corrective period, then that's half the battle won right there. And you know exactly what you need to work on and what you can start to implement into your trading for this new year coming in. I couldn't agree more. And even just looking on the year now, what an incredible exercise that would be to do for this year to really reflect on looking at those corrective cycles and periods, cross-referencing those with trades that you took and really analyze and study. Did I force it? Was I just constantly feeling like I need to be in the market and recognize these type of conditions? Because the thing is, 
you know, these conditions, they're never going to go away completely. Even though we have impulsive conditions, this is just how the market works. We have impulses, we have corrections. Sometimes the corrections last longer than what we expect because we can never truly know and pinpoint when that's going to end. But as long as we know how to deal with them, so I know when to stay out the market and things like that, that's something that I'm really reflecting on on this year. And I think a lot of people that are traders in general, they can do this exercise. And I think this would be hugely, hugely beneficial. Definitely, because that's the, the best thing to, to do. Obviously, go back over your trades you've taken and see if you can almost re- like put a ring around or circle around areas in your month or in your quarter that you've taken two, three losses in a row then reflect back to the market and it's like, okay, well, was that a corrective period? And then you can see that I think the evidence will surprise you where it's like, okay, well, my results are X for the year, but if I didn't trade in the corrective phase or was a bit more uh, conservative in the corrective phase, I think you'll, your results will speak for themselves. And also your psychology of not taking all those losses and kind of stopping you from taking trades in the impulsive phase because you may be two, 3% down. Definitely. And I think partly that comes with time and experience of being in the markets and being a trader, but you can definitely speed up the process by do by actually doing those processes, which we just discussed. hundred percent. And I, and I think now going into the reflecting on, on our years, I think it'd be a really good point to talk about a few topics here that I think people really need to, to hone in on and focus on. And the, the first one that I really want to go into is, is reflecting on, on my year, which I believe that will provide a, a lot of value. So this year we've had different conditions. We've still had very, very incredible months, right? But there have been periods where the market's been slightly, slightly more tricky in the sense that it's just moving sideways for longer. So naturally you get caught into positions. You may take a few more losses or break-evens. It happens. And what I found this year by looking at it for, for pretty much a quarter, if not more of the whole year, so literally just over a quarter of the whole year, I had some, some really, really low months. I mean, I'm talking, you know, three, 4%, really down in, in the lower single figures. And it would be very, very easy in those periods to get into this kind of mindset of deviation, to just deviate, right? But reflecting on my, my own performance and, and looking at my year, what it goes to show you is that in these periods, you have to stay in your own lane, regardless of what everybody else is doing, regardless of trades that you might have missed and things like that. You have to be able to do the same thing and actually keep doing the same process. We talk about, you know, stick to the process over the outcome, but this is a true thing. And this is what keeps you in this business for the long term. And I think what's really helped me this year reflecting on that as I see trading like a business, I treat trading like a business. And in my mindset, I'm always able to stay in my own lane. So I don't look and see someone else hit 40% for the month. So should I maybe start changing things up to my management or should I change this? I don't do that because I know over the long run, you know, I've been here 11 years now and I've seen enough of these market conditions and cycles to know that in the long run, if you really, really want to stick around and you want to scale your account, you want to trade large capital, you have to be willing to enjoy those lower months and really, really stay in your own lane. So if you can learn this year for anybody listening, the community of traders as a whole, is that not every single month is going to be you know, attractive. But the same way we don't know our sequence of our wins and losses, we don't know our, our sequence of our winning months and losing months or break-even months either. So this is why we don't judge ourselves on you know, a monthly basis. And we look at the overall macro picture at the end of the year to then reflect and see, Oh yeah. Even, even I had, you know, two or three months or four months of 
you know, quite average results that still didn't change my yearly performance, still had an incredible year. And why? Because I didn't deviate. What about you? What about you guys? It's an interesting one because you look at, you listen to any professional and they're always saying, okay, I made X percent year to date, or they're always thinking long-term. It's really only the retail traders that say, I made this for the week or this for the day, even the month. It's they're thinking too short term and that's where you get the volatility of emotions. But going back to what you were saying about not deviating, that's like backtesting and pulling 100% for the year and being frustrated you can't replicate that in a live market. Life happens, you're going to sleep at some point, you're going to be busy if you're not going to be perfect and you kind of almost need to plan to not be perfect and not be comfortable in that notion but just know that, okay, well, I'm going to have some human error, I'm not a robot that it's okay to make some mistakes, but I'm going to learn from them and not make them over and over again. So for you, obviously, you had some, some obviously slower months compared to your other months, but you knew, obviously, looking sideways, your, uh, your routines, your life, a lot of stuff was going on. So if everything was perfect, i.e. your routines were perfect and your results were lower, that would be a red flag. But if you're not tracking what's happening in your life and if you're doing the same processes over and over again, you really don't know why your results are down or low, lower than they should be. Um, because there's no point of reference. 100%. And I think that that's the important thing to really look at those areas of life when things happen. Never use them as, as an excuse, but just recognize the situation that you're in. I think it's really, really important. And even just remembering that thing, and I've said this before, you know, champions lose rounds. We can relate a lot of our performance to sports because, you know, that's how we can recognize the overall bigger picture that you don't have to have an incredible day, week, month to have great results at the end of the year, because that's what it really counts. Because let's be honest, the only thing that you're really thinking about is at the end of the year to close out the year, what goals did you achieve? How did my year go? That's what we really start reflecting on. So next time you start judging yourself on a weekly or daily or monthly basis, remember your future self at the end of the year, what is he or she really going to care about? All they're going to care about is the bigger picture. So start thinking bigger on the smaller scale first, and then you'll start to actually focus on the right things rather than being outcome driven. What about yourself, Neil? Well, I think that ties in very, very nicely with what I was going to talk about here today, because it's very, very easy, like you've just been alluding to, to get caught up in, in the, the day to day, the week to week, the sort of the struggle and the grind that we go through as traders every single day. Um, it's a very, very, it's almost like we're too zoomed in. We're forgetting to zoom out and look at the bigger picture, which is something which, you know, we all talk about with trading in particular to zoom out and look at the bigger picture, the higher timeframes, because everything is, it seems much less dramatic when you zoom out a little bit. And I think it's very, very important to use that same technique with, with your, with your own life and with your development as a trader. Because we get so caught up in that, that daily grind and we think that we're just struggling and not making that progression. But sometimes when we, we stop and put our head up and take stock and look back and see how far we've come over the past three, six or 12 months, the progression that we've made is huge. So I think you really have to, you have to remember to not always just track the outcome as well. Uh, if that's percentage, if that's monetary values, don't always just focus on like the end figure. What you need to look back at is see how much your processes have grown as well over the past, over this past year. These market conditions, which we've had over the past 12 months or so, they, these tough market conditions force you to level up your skill set. So don't focus on the outcome if it's not 
not the the numbers which you you desire to have, but rather look at your skill set which you've got now, which you didn't have at the start of this year, and just look at the the strong foundations that you've been able to build from that. Because these strong foundations will pay off with a huge ROI over the coming five to ten to twenty years. So don't focus too much on on the outcome of one year in particular. Rather, look at this progression that you've made in all these other aspects of being a trader and see how that's going to serve you in a very positive light over the course of your career as a trader. Nicely said, Neil. I really, really like that. And one of the main points that, that stuck out to me there is uh, measuring your, your processes. So we get so caught into measuring our, our outcome and we forget to look at well, at the beginning of the year, look at how you used to do your watch list, your routine. Look at how you used to ASR. Look at how you used to do your goals. You're a completely different individual. You're a completely different person to what you was. So you may not have grown in that, as you said, monetary value or percentage-wise, for example, but you're closer than ever to achieving that. The type of individual you've become and your processes is setting you up for success. And I think people need to not give themselves a pat on the back in a self-pity way, but just reflect and recognize that you are growing and you're not always going to see the numbers right there and then, but they're coming, they're coming. As long as you sit with the right processes, that's going to help. So I really like that. What about yourself, Jake? Yeah, just definitely on that. I imagine if you had a year of 2014, 15, where you did say 150% for the year, very, very well, you're almost too confident. You took an investor capital and then the market went a bit more sideways. Uh, again, take this slower market conditions. And as Mark, you said, even though it's been corrected, we've still had some very big months. Take it as a blessing in disguise because if it became too easy for you, you'd get a bit too big for your boots. You'll take on investor capital maybe too quickly and that could be a recipe for disaster. So when we have had these more challenging months, take it as a, rest, a blessing in disguise that you've, you've had to learn, okay, well, what am I doing? Doubling down on my processes and work out, okay, well, how do I kind of get around this rather than just thinking, well, if I just put a sell on every, every week, it's going to work out like it did in 2015. But going, going back to what I was going to say on, on like for my end is, and a bit of homework as well, ASR for me is, is such an important thing and it gets thrown around a lot in the community and in other communities. But what does ASR like really mean? A lot of people will take trades and just be like, okay, well, I've taken a trade, say it's loss, I'll ASR later. And it's almost, they feel comfortable. The same thing with missed trades. They feel comfortable saying, oh, I'll, I'll review it later. And it, it almost loses its benefit because they're putting it in the missed trades folder and saying, okay, well, I've done that chick, uh, tech, uh, tick, sorry, um, I've done that, like I can move on. But where are you going to find the benefit? And again, this is where someone who's maybe doing the break-even dance is going to break through to consistency is going back over those missed trades, going back over your ASR and working out, okay, well, am I making the same mistakes over and over again? What do I need to learn from those? Because you really need to work on your processes rather than just thinking, okay, well, I've done that, I've taken the trade, like and not really learned from it. And I, I've spoken to so many people where they've done this, then they've actually gone back and done the homework and looked over their missed trades and reviewed it back to Mark, obviously your trades and our, and the coaches trades for Falcon. And also their forecasting and say, okay, well, I forecasted this on that day. I, I've realized my forecasting in, isn't detailed enough. This is why I'm missing trades. And that literally that small gap is the difference between them doing break even or hitting 5% because they may have the same watches as you might come into the week, but then you get to the end of the week and it's like, okay, well, I've taken maybe one trade and you've taken four trades that have worked out. What is the gap? And the, the, the quicker and the better you can close that gap, obviously the better it is you're going to break through and obviously hit some better and more consistent returns. 
Yeah, I, I really, really like that. And I think that's so important that you, you're actually taking the direct benefit of things and you're not using your ASR as almost an excuse blanket where you can kind of put that to the side and say, yeah, it's fine, you know, I'll, I'll just ASR it later. And I think a lot of people get caught into that habit. You have to take the benefit from it as soon as possible. You need to know why. When I miss a trade, and I'd be keen to hear from yourselves, guys, when I miss a trade, I know exactly why I've missed the trade. It's either a trade of it is what it is, Either I didn't wake up early enough and I didn't get involved in the trade or I didn't forecast it in the first place. Right? These are just simple things that I have to recognize, but it's important to recognize which one that is, right? Because there's a difference between not waking up on time and a trade that, let's say, you just didn't go in the time zone, right, that I would be expected to be awake. Because that's and is what it is. If it goes at three in the morning, I'm not going to judge myself on a trade that I missed. If the trade happened in my time zone, and for whatever reason, I went to sleep the night before too late, woke up, woke up too late, wasn't part of my routine. I can then ASR my, my routine and say, well, why did you not stick to your routine? Because, because you got up later, you then didn't get involved in the trade. And that may seem like a simple thing, but you need to recognize why you missed the trade. And if you did, because when you get into a habit of doing that, you end up missing trades constantly. And over the year, that can become very costly. And it can be the difference between someone who's consistent and not. I've actually seen that with people, which is really, really interesting, that they've literally just got up a little bit earlier and their consistency's come, which seems crazy to even say that. It's because set yourself up for success. And if that does mean in your time zone, getting up a little bit earlier where there's more volatility, then do so. It doesn't mean that you have to be glued to certain sessions, but recognize when there's opportunity. Oh, definitely. And I think it's all about them little 1% tweaks. When you're a new trader, of course, it's very, very, you know, you've got a, a long journey ahead of you and you have a lot to learn. But when you're a little bit more experienced and you, you know how to trade and you're relatively consistent, then it stops becoming all about them huge sea changes in what you're doing. And it becomes about refining the technique and those 1% tweaks. And um, I, so I think that's very, very important to remember as well. And when I'm doing my ASR, so my advanced self-review, I, I always look back at, uh, you know, what was this something that I could control? Because we know that we can't control what the market does. The market's going to do what it's going to do. It's completely out of our control. But what, what we can control are the processes that we put in place around our day, our daily routine that will either positively or negatively affect the outcome. So what I do is I make sure that I'm doing everything within my own control that I can do to put myself in the best position to succeed with trading. And then whatever happens with the market happens. And this was especially relevant for me back when I had a nine to five job, because there were certain hours of the day where I couldn't be at the charts. I couldn't, you know, look at my screen or take trades or manage my position. So I had to best utilize the free time that I had available so that it put me in the best position to succeed when I wasn't able to you know, spend all day at the charts. So I bookended my day with times, which is my most active and proactive time on the charts because that was in my control and I could directly influence the outcome that I had there. So I would make sure that every morning and every evening I did everything within my own power to put myself in the best position to succeed for that day. And then that helped me with missing far fewer trades. But I find that people that don't have a solid routine lockdown and people that are quite kind of wishy-washy with their, their daily goals and what they want to achieve over the course of that day or that week, they seem to be the ones that find that they're spinning their wheels a lot. 
So have you guys had any, any experience with this or found that, you know, a solid set of daily goals and routines has helped you? De- definitely, definitely. And I think you, you touched on something uh, quickly there is about focusing on what you can control and what you can't control. And I think that is, is the biggest thing because we do get caught up into things that we can't control a lot, where if you almost double down on things that you can control, it helps massively. You know, th- there's an old saying in the markets is that, you know, you, you, we can't control the markets is a little bit like the weather. You can't control the weather, but what you can do is you can adapt. So if it's raining, you take an umbrella, you know, if it's a tornado, you probably stay inside, staying out of the market. You know, you don't dwell on things that you can't control, but adapt to them. And that is what helped me personally, mentally to be able to deal with exactly what you were saying. And then I was able to double down on things that I can control. Like you said, you can influence a specific time that will essentially, as a, as a side effect, it will influence the outcome that you desire in the first place. So just recognizing that and almost accepting that. I think I don't think people accept, listen, you cannot control the market. You can't control when something is going to move. You can't control uh, the, the impulse that's going to happen just because you set the order. It might happen an hour later, might happen seven hours later but you can definitely and most certainly control how you enter everything in your routines and processes. What about yourself, Jake? Have you found anything that's helped you as you, as you reflect on the year? Yeah, definitely. I think you guys summed up perfectly, but I've spoken to quite a few people on this topic where, and it comes down to that extreme ownership where say they're in a job, they're in a meeting and it runs overtime. They miss a trade. They blame their boss saying it's his fault. I missed the trade or I'm I'm at working. um, I'm at work. I'm commuting to work or whatever it is. That's the reason I missed the trade these people then go and quit their jobs and they realize, okay, my trading hasn't improved because what's happened is they're saying they're putting energy on stuff that's out of their control. And as you guys said, that they're almost making excuses saying, oh, I've missed this trade. I'm not doing well because of my boss or because of my job. They quit their job, go full time, then realize, okay, my processes are shit. This is the reason why I'm not doing well. And as soon as they start putting that, the finger back on them and saying, I'm the reason why I'm not progressing, that's where they pull their finger out and say, okay, well, I need to change this ASAP to obviously get back in the black and get those processes down to succeed. And that's what obviously what happened for, for me when I went full time is for, I was back in Australia, London opened for me, it was about 3 PM. I still woke up at 6 AM. I didn't need to, but I knew, okay, wake up at 6 AM, get a gym session, start the day. I definitely trained better later in the day with a few meals under me. But I knew if I started the day with a gym session, serotonin, dopamine, all the stuff would be flowing. I've been a better frame of mind to then succeed for the rest of the day. So that's what I did. And, and that's what it comes down to again, Jocko Willink, I'll reference him again, where you get that discipline is freedom. Discipline equals freedom. So it happens a lot where people have a lot of free time and they say, okay, well, I've got four hours to do this. What, what is it? Murphy's Law, whatever it is, where the amount of time you have for a, uh, a piece of work, is going to fill that whole time, even though it may take a shorter amount of time. So if you have four hours to backtest, you, you'd spend four hours backtesting because you will get distracted. Where, as Neil said, if you have a job or have something that holds you accountable, you have to plan super like in discipline and like in very structured time blocks around that job or around that, um, say, family issue to be able to succeed. So sometimes having a job isn't a hinder- hindrance, it's actually a benefit because you're forced to plan more in the morning or at nighttime. So you are ready throughout the day. So just a little key lesson there don't use your job or family stuff, kids, et cetera as an excuse, because they actually could be benefiting you. And again, always reflect back and say, okay, well, am I actually putting in enough effort? Am I doubling down on my processes or am I blaming other people? And that's why I think I'm not succeeding because we've seen all the time where we say, okay, well, it's my time zone why I'm not doing well. Well, if that's the case, 
there wouldn't be people in Falcon in the US, Australia, Europe, all different time zones in the world doing very well. So it comes down to, again, it's uncomfortable, but you need to point the finger back at you and say, I'm the reason why I'm not succeeding. But that's the benefit is, okay, well, if I'm the reason I'm not succeeding, I am the reason for me to succeed. So you just have to move some stuff around, get that process down that foundation. And then obviously it's all up from there. Yeah, really, really nicely said. I absolutely love that. Taking responsibility, adapting, and actually looking at yourself in the mirror rather than, again, just what we're speaking about, blaming things that you cannot control. And I think that comes in the form of uh, what you alluded to as well, which is actually using it as a benefit, leveraging that. We talk about leveraging your nine to five a lot. Leverage the position that you're in and then you'll utilize that more wisely. You'll have two people, right? two families. One, one trader has kids, other trader has kids. One trader will then blame the fact that they haven't got time to do these things because of the responsibility for their kids. And someone else will actually utilize that time and say, right, so when they go to sleep or when they're at play group, whatever it is, I'm you now utilizing this time for this hour. This is my time and I'm going to just back test or I'm going to focus on my ASR. And you'll find that someone having more time and more freedom, it'd be easy to envy that person and think, look how much time they've got. They've got all the time in the world. Well, that person's procrastinating and that person's distracted and doesn't get anything done and they've got all the time in the day. I mean, there's lots of people in life that have got all the time in the day, but they're not successful. Why? Because they don't utilize their time wisely. So never blame things that you can't control. Use it as leverage. Use it as motiva- motivation, regardless of your situation, whether it be kids, job, etc. And recognize if you can something magical happens and it's the first time you hear me kind of say this you know in magic sense but there is honestly something magical about when you learn to take full responsibility for your actions and you're not pointing the finger you're not blaming other people external factors then the universe will get out of your way you will start succeeding you will start growing and it's a funny thing isn't it when you see people they just they say no this is my fault i need to take responsibility and be a leader of your own dream, right? Something special happens. And I learned that from some very successful people very, very early on, about eight, nine years ago. And that absolutely changed my life when you take full responsibility. It doesn't matter what that person's done. It's on you. How did you utilize your time wisely? And to kind of go into uh, the next part, of which I think will be really, really important this year, we've all been reflecting. I think everybody's now reflecting on their year what what have you done right? What could you have done different? Were there any periods that you could have changed? Not just in trading and in life in general. For, for you guys, uh, pointing this over to, to Neil first, how are you kind of reflecting? What tips could people take away to get them ready for, for 2020 right now to really, really reflect and get the most benefit out of it? How will you be sort of conducting that yourself? I'm, quite, I'm trying to come at this with quite a holistic approach and look at it like top down and really chunk it down and look at the bigger picture first. I'm, I'm trying not to get caught up in, in the tiny details too early. Um, and I'm also giving myself enough time to really let all of it sink in. So I'm not trying to do all of my reflection on one day, in one hour, going to a coffee shop and writing it all out, because I simply won't be able to get everything in enough detail out of my brain and onto paper. So what I'm doing is I'm, I'm reflecting slowly over the course of a few weeks and a month or so at the end of the year and wrapping it up all before we reach you know december 31st so i have enough time to look over the notes that i've put down on paper over the past three or four weeks and then really have enough time to absorb them and make sure that i know exactly what steps i want to take in the coming year that i can counteract any of the negatives so to speak that i've incurred this year 
and then also double down on the positives as well. Because I think when we, we look back and we reflect, we often fall into the trap of reflecting of what have I done wrong? What do I need to change and what do I need to improve? But there's also a lot of what we do and what we've done over the past 12 months that have been very, very positive. And we need to also give, give them the time and attention that they deserve as well and focus on, okay, well, I've been doing this and I've seen a positive change in my trading or in my motivation, in my attitude because of this. I need to do more of this. So that's what I'm doing as well. But just to, just to summarize that, it's, I'm not rushing the process. It, it takes time and you should allow yourself to take the time it deserves to do this properly. Yeah, love that. It, shine light on what you're actually doing right. I think that's a really, 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 really key. What about yourself, Jake? Yeah, so very similar to Neil, but just touching on your, the topic you said before, and it's a cliche um, quote, but I think it was Jim Carrey where it's, he said, life happens for you, not life happens to you. And as mm -hmm. you said before, what you focus on is what you're going to get. And if you're focusing on excuses, saying this is the reason why I'm not successful, you're going to attract other things and other situations for you not to be successful. Where if you think life happens for me, okay, well, again, look back at any challenge you've had in your life. You're almost thankful at the time of that challenge. You obviously didn't like it. You hated it. You were kind of negative towards it. But then looking back after the fact and say, okay, I'm so thankful for that challenge because it's made me who I am today or I've learned from that. So again, if you're always taking these things that these kind of roadblocks there, again, they're not in the way, they're on the way. It's like, take that as a learning lesson and pick up what you can. Obviously uh, reject what doesn't work, but pick up the positives from, the, um, from that interaction and then take it, it's going to change who you are and it's going to level you up because if you're stuck at the same level of thinking, it's almost impossible to succeed. So these challenges, are, you always have challenge in life and what you, what you kind of wish for is better challenges. So you almost get better problems and you face those, you get past those and say, okay, what's the next better problem? And that's how you keep upgrading in life. But going back to reflection, for me, I do it very similar to Neil where it takes me a couple of weeks. It's almost like a three-step process to goal setting where when you sit down, you're not going to be in the right headspace to map out a whole year. And I think people try and rush, rush the process where the majority of them, they, after January kind of 15th, middle of January, they stopped doing their goals because they didn't really want them in the first place, or they didn't set up the right processes to succeed because they sat down and said, okay, it's now the new year's Eve. Oh crap. I have, I haven't planned for next year. I'm going to write like some mundane goals down that I know I'm not going to follow, but because they haven't thought about them, of course, they're not going to, be emotionally attached to them or they're not going to work hard for them. So for me, what I do is I'll go for maybe a half an hour walk, no music, just kind of get into that uh, nice flow state. I get in, a, get in that flow state, come back home and then obviously pen to paper. I like it super old school. Um, and I find that's how I get most creative and that's where I get what actually really ha works for me. And again, as Neil said, it's not a case of you sit down, you've done it in a day. It does take you a few reflections to come back and it's, it's I know Mark, you, you probably say this in a second, but you'll write stuff down and come back a week later and be like, okay, well, I actually don't want that. But you need to get that down in the first place to realize, okay, well, that's what I wanted at that point. But in thinking about it and reflecting on it, well, actually, it's not that important. So maybe it could be a top goal. It's now number seven or eight on the list. So it's still something I maybe want, but just not as bad as some other stuff. So that's how I go about things. Yeah, really, really nice. And, and, I, and I, like, I like how similar, but they're slightly different. We all have our own unique way of how, how we kind of uh, re reflect and do certain things. And the key thing that stick out to me there is just the amount of time that you both take, right? It, it takes time. This, this is something that can't be rushed because you don't want to be setting, you know, mediocre goals. You, you want to be setting goals that are really, really important to you. And the, the, the biggest thing that's helped me with, with reflection to be able to set goals is 
really taking my time with it. I, and I mean some serious amount of time with it because there is, it's too much of a risk, it's too much of a risk to be able to just set goals on one day and think you're going to be in the same headspace like what you guys were talking about to be able to sit there and say, right, yep, now it's goal setting time or reflecting time. Let's, uh, let's do this now. It's just not going to happen because it's, you're not, you can't guarantee you're in the right frequency to be able to get the most out of yourself. And the biggest detriment towards your success is to actually do something like that, feel good about it and almost lip service goals. You kind of write them down, reflect and say, yeah, they look good. That's me for the year. And like you said, 15th of January, they're already quitting. Why is that? Because you need to really, really reflect. And it takes me a lot of weeks over leading up towards December, but more so in this December period, I'm reflecting a lot. I reflected yesterday. I'm reflecting again. Yesterday was a, another moment for me where I reflected on the year and thought about things that uh, I really want to do differently for next year, but shining more light on what I've done really well and how to double down on that. So I, I can put down one of the biggest reasons towards where I am today is of how much time I spent reflecting. And that's something that I learned years and years ago from, from some mentors in which that they would reflect for days and days and days and revisit and then go back over and over again. And I would sit there and, and observe these successful people and think, why are they still doing this? You know, I could do this in a day, but that's not what it was about because you change your mind slightly and you alter and then you filter. So I really, really enjoy the reflection period. But how I do it is that I have to go to a, a different environment. So what I do is I take myself out of this environment that I'm in now in my office and I go to a different thinking space. Now, normally that's at a spa because I really, really enjoy a process of I'll go to the spa, I'll work out, then I'll go into the jacuzzi, all that kind of stuff. I will relax. I really relax in water, like I'm sure most people do. And then when I go to to the cafe area, it'll be really quiet. I'll be on my own. There's probably classical music, you know, playing in the background subtly. And then I will start to write my goals. And that to me is the best feeling in the world. And I would do that multiple times. I also go to coffee shops as well when it's not as busy. And then again, I'll just take myself out of my environment now so I can get a different level of frequency, a different level of thinking. And that I found works, works massively for me because I can really, really reflect on what's happened for the year and really dive deep into things. But what I do, which I don't think in, you know, you two, I'd really like your opinion on this. What I don't think people do enough is I really emphasize what I done right. And what I mean by that is I don't just look at it and say, oh yeah, you done really well. No, I really go into detail of what I done right because you need to be your own mentor. You need to be your own best friend. You need to pat yourself on the back. You, you can't wait for other people to do it. And it's, it's your responsibility to take a look at what you've done right and say, I've done that deliberately. Okay, how did I achieve that? Well, I was disciplined. I stuck to my plan. I got it done. Forget about the stuff that you've said that you're probably reflecting on that maybe you felt like you could have done more. Reflect on the stuff that you've done really well and recognize that you have the power to now magnify that even further. And that is liberating. That gives you a sense of, of power that what you write down on paper when you reflect, because that pen to paper connection is huge, that you can achieve it. And now when I write it's an affirmation within itself, what I write it down gets achieved. And I didn't even think of that as an affirmation when I was writing it down and when I was doing it, but that is how my mind is wired. And the only way, it's kind of a long-winded answer, but it's important, the only way I've ever achieved that is by not rushing the reflection process in this December period. So then I can give myself the opportunity to actually 
get into the preparation phase, which is leading on to the next episode. Anything to add from you guys? Yeah, just quickly, Mark, I know that you you often like to do a lot of your goal setting on, on planes, right? Because you find that you have no distractions. And I've seen uh, a couple of social media posts from you where you're, you're goal setting, you're, you're enjoying doing it on a plane. But I think mm-hmm. it's important to, uh, to reiterate and to emphasize to those that are listening that you don't do all of your goal setting there and then on that one flight, do you? There's a lot of no. process behind the scenes that people don't see. And that when you are on the flight, when you're on the plane, that might just be one step on your, your goal setting process for the end of the year. Or it might be the final step, you know, where you actually get the pen to paper to write them down so you have that tangible list in front of you. But I think it's important to, to show people that, don't get too caught up on what you see on social media in that um, it has to be glamorous. It has to be, it has to be all done in one sitting. It, it's often not the case at all. And I completely agree. And, and again, a lot of times it's been the final step. Sometimes it's been the first step, but it's really about, again, having a certain environment that, that makes you tick, putting yourself in a situation where you know you can reflect and not rush the process because the, it is an incredible feeling when you, because you know when you know, you know when you're giving your lip service goals and you look at it and think, oh, I don't really want that. I'd be, I'd be fine if I didn't achieve that. When you put those goals down on paper because you've reflected in so much detail that you know exactly what you want with your do's, your be's, your haves in all of the areas of life. I think that is, is the most liberating feeling and powerful feeling because then you go in with that mindset of what I'm going to achieve. I love it and I get, I get really excited at this time of the year because it's my favorite time of the year. And I'm looking forward to now. I've been reflecting so much like you guys. It's very, very close to I get into that preparation phase. I've already started noting down goals, of course, that I want to achieve. And I've got long, long lists. And I will get to a point where I have probably about 50, 60 goals. And then I'll start crossing things out of what is really important to me. And the only reason why that happens is reflection. So even after you start setting goals, you have to reflect on the goals that you've set and then start to filter that process. But we'll get more into that into the preparation episode. I've got some really, really key tips there for, for next week's episode, which I'm really, really looking forward to because that's when I'm going to be doing it as well. So we really want to be sharing it as and when it happens. Um, any, any kind of last words from you guys? Yeah, just one thing I want to emphasize, and the listeners may have missed that, is you take yourself out of your initial environment and go somewhere different because I found that really, really beneficial for me because you're almost trying to get a different way of thinking. But if you're in the same environment, it's kind of hard for that. So even a coffee shop or a different, say if you go to a local coffee shop, you always got the same one, go to a different one. It may sound silly, but by putting yourself in a different environment, you'll think differently. So that's a really key thing. And again, we've talked a bit about focus and kind of where your attention goes um, in this podcast. But as you said before, if you're always focusing on what you've done wrong and not focusing on what you've done well, then you're going to attract more. And that's why again, trading, we don't focus on our losers because you may take a loss. It may be a good loss, but if you focus on that for an hour, you'll find stuff that maybe didn't, uh, didn't reflect with your trading plan or you'll find something that doesn't, um, isn't in line with how you normally trade. But if you're always focusing on these losses, you'll find stuff that doesn't fit your plan or stuff that doesn't mean anything, but you'll, you'll give it meaning. So that's, Mark, you summed up perfectly there where focus on what you've done well so you know what to repeat next year because some people put some really good things in place but then you speak to them a few months later and they almost forget what they've done because they haven't written that down. Reflect on, okay, okay, this is what I've done well. I'm going to repeat this. Okay, this is what I haven't done as well. This is like the small like 5% tweak. That's what I need to work on going forward. But you have that solid foundation. So I think that's super key. 
hundred percent. And, and, and just to, just to add all to that, what, what we realize, even as we were just talking there, that even when it comes down to our reflection, isn't it interesting that it's a, it's a process. So you see how everything that we do is a process, whether it is a process for your routine, whether it is a process for your trading checklist, or your trading plan, or whether it's a process for your reflection, we are process driven. And if we can have incredible processes, even down to things like how we reflect, we're not, we've even got a process on how we reflect. And what does that give us? It gives us efficiency. So that's the one most important thing that I want you to take away from this episode is, is recognizing that we are processing all of these things. And that is what is setting us up for success. What about yourself, Neil? Yeah, one, one final thing from me is, and it's something that we covered a lot in the, in the recent boot camp we had in London, but it's, it's what gets measured gets managed. And it, it's so simple to do it, but therefore it's also so simple not to do it. And it's, uh, it's just, if you really do want to start making some serious progression in your, in your trading or in other aspects of your life, you have to be methodical about your approach. You have to measure what you're doing well, what you're not doing so well, and tinker and tweak with it over, the, over a longer course. You can't expect to just keep it all in your head and have very, very wishy-washy arbitrary goals and expect to achieve great things. You have to, you have to take the time and put the effort in to measure it, and then that thought you can manage it more effectively. Spot on. Absolutely love that. Guys and girls, I really, really hope you enjoyed this podcast and you've taken away tons of value from these key things because myself, Neil and Jake, we're all going to have very, very similar ways that we do things, but also slight different things that we do. And I think that's what I really want you to pick up on. And I think that in this time of year, people, they don't reflect enough. So the biggest thing that we want you to take away from this, and the reason why we've done this particular podcast, is that we want you to reflect as much as possible because we know if you really take the time, if you're really serious about your goals, you will reflect for days and days, if not weeks, and then you will have a clarity that you have never had before. And if you truly want to manifest your goals, your desires in 2020, you'll take the time to reflect. So hope you enjoyed this and let us know your number one takeaway. Really looking forward to the next episode as we dive deeper into the preparation phase, all of the tips and tricks that we use to get ourselves ready for 2020, which I'm very, very excited about. Guys and girls, have an incredible week ahead and thanks for listening. Jake and Neil, absolute pleasure to have you on and appreciate all the value that you shared to the community and the listeners. Thanks, guys. Looking forward to the next one. Yeah, let us know how you get on with the tips we've shared today.